Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is episode 24, chapter 24, the goal of specialness. Welcome back. My email is trifectanow3 at gmail.com. Specialness is the added burden of keeping yourself from the purpose and function you chose for this life. Yes, you chose. You decided coming here had a purpose. You didn't give yourself the memory of that purpose, though. If we make someone or something special to us, we are guaranteed that it'll bring us pain and sorrow. All attachment eventually does. The introduction is on page 499. The introduction states, no belief is neutral. You have the power to dictate each decision you make. For a decision is based on a conclusion of everything that you believe. Our belief determines the outcome of everything in our lives. What we believe makes us who we are in this life. On page 499, paragraph 1 says, Forget not that the motivation of this course is the attainment and keeping of the state of peace. Given this state, the mind is quiet and the condition in which God is remembered is, att is attained. Paragraph 2 says, To learn this course requires willingness to question every value that you hold. No one can be kept hidden and obscure, but it will jeopardize your learning. The next um, section is called Specialness as a Substitute for Love. I wrote that specialness is the great dictator of the wrong decision. Here is the grand illusion of what and who we are. And here is what makes the body important and worth preserving. Specialness is an attachment to form and everything we believe it is and what it represents for us. We think it's love. Sadly, it is the opposite. Specialness suggests we are different and individual. Paragraph one says, love is extension. To withhold the smallest gift is, to not, is not to know love's purpose. Love offers everything forever. Hold back but one belief, one offering, and love is gone because you asked a substitute to take its place. On the next page, which is page 500, sentence six in that paragraph at the top says, the secret enemies of peace, your least decision to choose attack instead of love, unrecognized and swift to challenge you to combat and to violence, far more inclusive than you think, are there by your election. Do not deny their presence nor their terrible results. All that can be denied is the reality, but not their outcome. Paragraph four on that same page says, What God created cannot be attacked, for there is nothing in the universe unlike itself. But what is different calls for judgment, and this must come from someone. Better, in quotation, someone incapable of being like what he condemns. Above it, sinless by comparison with it. And thus does specialness become a means and an end at once. For specialness not only sets apart, but serves as grounds from which attack on those who seem beneath the special one is natural and just. The special ones feel weak and frail because of differences. For what would make them special is their enemy. Yet they protect its anonymity and call it friend. On its behalf, they fight against the universe for nothing in the world they value more. On the next page, 
which is page 501. Paragraph 6 says, Would it be possible for you to hate your brother if you were like him? Could you attack him if you realized you, you journey with him to a goal that is the same? Would you not help him reach it in every way you could if his attainment of it were perceived as yours? You are his enemy in specialness, his friend in a shared purpose. Specialness can never share, for it depends on goals that you alone can reach, and he must never reach them, or your goal is jeopardized. Can love have meaning where the goal is triumph? And what decision can be made for this that will not hurt you? Paragraph 7 says, Your brother is your friend because his father created him like you. There is no difference. Paragraph 8 says, uh, the fear of God and of your brother comes from each unrecognized belief in specialness. For you demand your brother bow to it against his will, and God himself must honor it or suffer vengeance. Every twinge of malice or stab of hate or wish to separate arises here. For here the purpose that you and your brother share becomes obscured from both of you. You would oppose this course because it teaches you, you and your brother are alike. You have no purpose that is not the same, and none your father does not share with you. On the next page, which is page 502, the treachery of specialness. I wrote, specialness leads us blindly into the deception that we are better if we are different. It establishes an order of existence and acceptance. It tells us that we need to accept some and not others. It is not the road that leads us farther. It is the road, sorry, that leads us farther away from heaven. Specialness is the seal of treachery upon the gift of love. Paragraph one on page 502 says, Comparison must be an ego device, for love makes none. Specialness always makes comparisons. It is established by a lack seen in another and maintained by searching for and keeping clear in sight all lacks it can perceive. Paragraph 2 says, Pursuit of specialness is always at the cost of peace. Sentence 5 in that same paragraph says, You have a function in salvation. Its pursuit will bring you joy, but the pursuit of specialness must bring you pain. Here is a goal that would defeat salvation and thus run counter to the will of God. To value specialness is to esteem an alien will to which illusions of yourself are dearer than the truth. Paragraph 4 at the bottom of that page says, You are not special. If you think you are and would defend your specialness against the truth of what you really are, how can you know the truth? What answer that the Holy Spirit gives can reach you when it is your specialness to which you listen? And, next page, 503, which asks and answers. Paragraph 5, sentence 5 says, The special messages the special here convince Convince them that they are different and apart, each in his special sins and safe from love, which does not see his specialness at all. Paragraph 6, sentence 5 says, This is not only cost of truth. You will no longer see what never was, nor hear what makes no sound. It is a sacrifice to give up nothing and to receive the love of God forever. Um... Paragraph 7, and the last sentence of that, at the bottom of the paragraph 7, is sentence 8, and it says, What is one is joined in truth. 
page 504, paragraph 9. You have come far along the way of truth, too far to falter now. Just one more step, and every vestige of the fear of God will melt away in love. Your brother's specialness and yours are enemies, and bound in hate to kill each other and deny they are the same. Paragraph 10 says, here is your Savior from your specialness. He is in need of your acceptance of him as part of you, as you are for him. Sorry, for his. You are alike to God as God is to himself. He is not special, for he would not keep one part of what he is unto himself, not given to his son, but kept for him alone. And it is this you fear, for if he is not special, then he willed his son to be like him, and your brother is like you. Paragraph 11 says, You are your brothers. Part of love was not denied to him. But can it be that you have lost because he is complete? What has been given him makes you complete, as it does him. Paragraph 12 at the bottom says, Specialness is the seal of treachery upon the gift of love. Paragraph 13 on the next page, 505, sentence 3 says, Nothing is sacred here but unto you and you alone, apart and separate from all your brothers, safe from all intrusions and sanity upon illusion, safe from God and safe for conflict everlasting. Here are the gates of hell you closed upon yourself to rule in madness and in loneliness, your special kingdom apart from God, away from the truth and from salvation. The forgiveness of specialness on page 505. Forgiveness is the end of specialness. Forgiving yourself for holding people and things as separate and more important than anything or anyone else. It's a trap. Your ego has set you up to fail and to feel the pain of that failure. You need to forgive God for not making you special. If he did, then he would be creating separateness. It is not his will. To love it, it is not his will but to love anyone or anything more than or less than anything. Forgive and let go of this need for specialness and you will finally feel free and one with everything. Paragraph 1 says forgiveness is the end of specialness. Only illusions can be forgiven and then they disappear. Forgiveness is released from all illusions and that is why it is impossible but partly to forgive. Page 506, paragraph 3 says, It is not you who are so vulnerable and open to attack that just a word, a little whisper that you do not like, a circumstance that suits you not, or an event that you did not anticipate upsets your world and hurls you into chaos. Truth is not frail. Illusions leave it perfectly unmoved and unturned. But specialness is not the truth you need. It can be thrown off balance by anything. What rests on nothing never can be stable. However large and overblown it seems to be, it still must rock and turn and roll about with every breeze. Paragraph 6 at the bottom of that page. Forgive the great creator of the universe and the source of life, of love and holiness, the perfect father of a perfect son, for your illusions of your specialness. Here is the hell you chose to be, to, chose to be your home. He chose this not for you. Ask not, he enter this. 
the way is barred to love and to salvation. Yet if you would release your brother from the depth of hell, you have forgiven him whose will it is you rest forever in the arms of God the peace, in perfect safety and without the heat and malice of one thought of, next page, 507, specialness tomorrow you rest. Forgive the Holy One the specialness he could not give and that you made instead. Paragraph 7 says the special ones are all asleep, surrounded by a world of lo loneliness. Oh, sorry, loveliness. Like, sorry, I can't read. World of loveliness they do not see. Freedom and peace and joy stand there beside the fire on which they sleep and call them to come forth and waken from the dream of death. Yet they hear nothing. They are lost in dreams of special ones. They hate the call that would awaken them, and they curse God because he did not make their dream reality. Curse God and die, but not by him who made not death, but only in the dream. Open your eyes and look. See the Savior God gave to you, that you might look on him and give him back his birthright. It is yours. Paragraph 8 says, The slaves of specialness will yet be free. Such is the will of God and his son. Would God condemn himself to hell and to damnation? And do you will that this be done upon your Savior? God calls to you from him to join his will and save you both from hell. Look on the print of nails upon your hands that he holds out for your forgiveness. As God asks your mercy on his son and on himself. Deny them not. They ask of you, but that your will be done, that your will be done. They seek your love that you may love forever. Love not your specialness instead of them. The print of nails is on your hands as well. Forgive your father. It was not his will that you be crucified. The next section on page 507 is specialness versus sinlessness. I wrote... Specialness has a stake in sin. It believes that if you can obtain it, then sin would be removed from your life. It would somehow leave you safe from sin. But sin does not exist. The body is the only goal that specialness can achieve. And sin is only acquired by a body. Specialness, paragraph 1 says, is a lack of trust in anyone except yourself. Faith is invested in yourself alone. Everything else becomes your enemy. Feared and attacked, deadly and dangerous, hated and worthy only of destruction. Whatever gentleness it offers is but deception, but it hates hate Israel. In danger of destruction it must kill, and you are drawn to it to kill it first. And such is guilt's attraction. Here is death enthroned as Savior. Crucifixion is now redemption. And salvation can only mean destruction of the world, except yourself. Paragraph 2 says, What could the purpose of the body be but specialness? And it is this that makes it frail and helpless in its own defense. It was conceived to make you frail and helpless. The goal of separation is its curse. Yet bodies have no goal. Purposes of the mind and minds can change as they desire. What they are and all, 507 going to 508, their attributes they cannot change, but what they hold as purpose can be changed, and the body states must shift accordingly. Of itself, the body can do nothing. 
See it as means to hurt, and it is hurt. See it as means to heal, and it is healed. Paragraph three, sentence 15 says, What you have given specialness has left you bankrupt and your treasure house barren and empty, with an open door inviting everything that would disturb your peace to enter and destroy. The next page, page 509, is the Christ in you. I wrote, he is there, however quiet and watchful. He is in you and trying to guide and assist you away from illusions and specialness. Specialness will never bring you joy and love for what it truly is. Your version has joy and love created and attached to another person. But as soon as that person is gone, so is that love and joy. Since these are not disposable emotions, how can attachment to another be real? How can it be love if it can bring pain and sorrow? So paragraph one says, the Christ in you is very still. He looks on what he loves and knows it as himself. Sentence four says, specialness too takes joy in what it sees, although it is not true. Yet what you seek for is a source of joy as you conceive it. What you wish is true of you. Nor is it possible that you can wish for something and lack faith that it is so. Wishing makes real, as surely as does will create. The power of a wish upholds illusions as strongly as does love extend itself, except that one deludes and the other heals. Paragraph three says Christ is oh paragraph three sentence two says the Christ in you looks only on the truth and sees no condemnation that could need forgiveness. He is at peace because he sees no sin. Identify with him and what has he that you have not? He is your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet. How gentle are the sights he sees, the sound sounds he hears. How beautiful his hand that holds your brothers and how lovingly he walks beside him, showing him what it what can be seen and heard and where he will see nothing and there is no sound to hear. Page 510. Paragraph 5 says, Rejoice, you have no eyes with which to see, no ears to listen, no hands to hold, nor feet to guide. Be glad that only Christ can lead you his, sorry, lend you his, while you have need of them. They are illusions too, as much as yours. And yet because they serve a different purpose, the strength their purpose holds is given them. And what they see and hear and hold and lead is given light that you may lead as you were led. Paragraph six, the Christ in you is very still. He knows where you are going and he leads you there in gentleness and blessing all the way. His love for God replaces all the fear you thought you saw within yourself. His holiness shows you himself in him whose hand you hold and whom you lead to him. And what you see is like yourself. And then in paragraph 9 on 511 at the top says, There must be doubt before there can be conflict, and every doubt must be about yourself. The next part of this chapter on 511 is salvation from fear. I wrote, The salvation from fear 
is held by your brothers and sisters in this world. If we continue to believe that they are bodies and that their physical manifestation in this world is real, then fear is inevitable. As we continue to look upon our brothers and sisters with this illusion, we set ourselves up for sorrow, pain, and misery. Salvation comes when we are all one, not divided and not special. Paragraph one, sentence two says, he is your savior from the dreams of fear. Sentence four says, in him is your assurance God is here and with you now. While he is what he is, you can be sure that God is knowable and will be known to you, for he could never leave his own creation. And the sign that this is so lies in your brother, offered you that all your doubts about yourself may disappear before his holiness. See in him God's creation, for in him his father waits for your acknowledgement that he created you as part of him. Paragraph 2, sentence 2 says, There could be no universe and no reality, for what God wills is whole and part of him because whole and part of him because his will is one. Nothing alive that is not part of him and nothing is but alive in him. Paragraph 3 says, Nothing is lost to you in all the universe. Nothing that God created has he failed to lay before you lovingly as yours forever. And no thought within his mind is absent from your own. It is his will you share his love for you and look upon yourself as lovingly as he conceived of you before the world began and as he knows you still. Page 512. Paragraph 4 says, Forget not the healing of the Son, God's Son in all the world is for. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it, and thus the only one it has. Until you see the healing of the Son as all you wish to be accomplished by the world, by time, and by and all appearances, you will not know the Father nor yourself. For you will use the world for what is not its purpose, and will not escape its laws of violence and death. It is given you to be beyond its laws in all respects, in every way, in every circumstance in all temptation to perceive what is not there and all belief God's son can suffer pain because he sees himself as he is not. Paragraph 5 says, Look on your brother and behold in him the whole reversal of the laws that seem to rule this world. See in his freedom yours, for such it is. Let not his specialness obscure the truth in him, for not one law of death will bind him to will you escape. Paragraph four, sentence, uh, sorry, paragraph six, sentence four, within your brother's holiness, the perfect frame of your salvation and the world's is yet is set the shining memory of him in whom your brother lives and you along with him. Paragraph seven says, choose then his body or his holiness as what you want to see and which you choose is yours to look upon. Sentence four at the bottom says, and where is your salvation if he is but a body? Where is your peace but in his holiness? And where is God himself but in the part of him he set forever in your brother's holiness that you might see the truth about yourself set forth at last in terms you recognized and understood? Paragraph nine on page 513 says, see him as what he is. 
that your deliverance may not be long. A senseless wandering without a purpose and without accomplishment of any kind is all the other choice can offer you. Fertility of function not fulfilled will haunt you while your brother lies asleep till what has been assigned to you is done and he is risen from the past. He who condemned himself and you as well is given you to save from condemnation along with you and both shall see God's glory in his son whom you mistook as flesh and bound to laws that have no power over him at all. Paragraph 11 at the bottom of 5.13 says, Specialness is the function that you gave yourself. It stands for you alone as self-created, self-maintained, in need of nothing, and unjoined with anything beyond the body. In its eyes, you are the separate universe with all the power to hold itself completely within itself and every entry shut against intrusion and every window barred against the light. The last sentence at the bottom of that page is, is uh, paragraph 12, and it says, Now you are merely asked that you pursue another goal with, page 514, far less vigilance, with little effort and with little time, and with the power of God maintaining it and promising success. Paragraph 13 says, You who believe it easier to see your brother's body than his holiness, be sure you understand what made this judgment. Here is the voice of specialness, heard clearly, judging against the Christ and setting forth for you the purpose that you can attain and what you cannot do. Forget not that this judgment must apply to what you do with it as your ally. For what you do through Christ, it does not know. To him, this judgment makes no sense at all. For only what his father wills is possible, and there is no alternative for him to see. Out of his lack of conflict comes your peace, and from his purpose comes the meaning for effortless accomplishment and rest. The next uh, section on 514 is called the meeting place. I wrote, a meeting place, or in this case, the meeting place, is the place where we join, walk as one on this earth. No longer deceived by our creations and our perceptions of what we want this world and its inhabitants to be. We have let go of our attachments and no longer see the bodies of our brothers and sisters. We see and experience the soul group we came here with. The meeting place is heaven on earth. Uh, I started actually on page 515 at the top, paragraph 2, sentence 2. What is within your brother still contains all of creation, everything created and creating, born and unborn as yet, still in the future or apparently gone by. What is in him is changeless, and your changelessness is recognized in its acknowledgement. The holiness in you belongs to him, and by your seeking it in him returns it to you. All of the tribute, tribute you have given specialness belongs to him and thus returns to you. All the love and care, the strong protection, the thought by day and night, the deep concern, the powerful conviction, this is you, belong to him. Nothing you gave to specialness but is his due, and nothing due him is not due to you. Paragraph 4 says, ask yourself this, can you protect the mind? The body, yes, a little, not from time, but temporarily. And much you think you save, you hurt. What would you save it for? For in that choice lies both its health and harm. 
Save it for show as bait to catch another fish, to house your specialness in better style, or weave a frame of loveliness around your hate, and you condemn it to decay and death. And if you see this purpose in your brothers, such is your condemnation of your own. Weave rather than a frame of holiness around him, that the truth may shine on him and give him safety from decay. Paragraph six at the bottom says, the test of everything on earth is simply this. What is it for? The answer makes it what it is for you. It has no meaning of itself, yet you can give reality to it according to the purpose that you, paragraph, I'm sorry, page 516, you serve. Here you are but means along with it. God is a means as well as an end, and heaven means an end are one and one with him. This is the state of true creation found not within time, but in eternity. Paragraph 7, sentence 3 says, A perfect being, all-encompassing and all-encompassed, nothing to add, nothing taken from, nor born of size, nor place, nor time, nor held to limits or uncertainties of any kind, here do the means and ends end unite as one, nor does this one have an end at all. All this is true, and yet it has no meaning to anyone who still retains one unlearned lesson in his memory, one thought with purpose still uncertain, or one wish with a divided aim. Paragraph 8 says this course makes no attempt to teach what cannot easily be learned. Its scope does not exceed your own, except to say that what is yours will come to you when you are ready. Here are the means and the purpose separate because they were so made and so perceived. Sentence 8 in that same paragraph says, Perception seems to teach you what you see, yet it but witnesses to what you taught. It is the outward picture of a wish, an image that you want it to be true. Paragraph 9 says, Look at yourself and you will see a body. Look at this body in a different light and it looks different. And without a light, it seems that it is gone. Yet you are reassured that it is there because you still can feel it with your hands and hear it move. Here's an image that you want to be yourself. It is the means to make your wish come true. It gives the eyes with, with which you look on it, the hands that feel it, and the ears to which you listen to the sounds it makes. It proves its own reality to you. On page 517, Paragraph 11 says, And thus are two sons made, and both appear to walk with the earth, walk this earth without a meeting place and no encounter. One do you perceive outside yourself, your own beloved son, and the other rests within, his father's son, within your brother, as he is in you. The differences does not lie in how they look, nor where they go, nor even what they do. They have a different purpose. It is that, this that joins them to their like and separates each from all aspects with a different purpose. The Son of God retains his Father's will. The Son of Man perceives an alien will and wishes it were so. And thus does his perception serve his wish by giving its appearances of truth. It appearances of truth. Yet can perception serve another goal? It is not bound to specialness but by your choice. And it is given you to make a different choice and use perception for a different purpose.
and what you see will serve the purpose well and prove its own reality to you. That is the end of Chapter 24 in A Course in Miracles. Specialness is again highlighted and further explored. It makes sense. If we continue to see ourselves and one another as bodies, we will fail to understand and discover what our purpose and function is in this world. I asked my 80-year-old father a few months ago these questions. I asked, do you think that we were born into this life, live it for how many years, how many ever years, then die, period? Do you believe that this is all it is? And do you think maybe we have a purpose? I waited for his answer. Then he then felt he may not have understood what I meant, and I tried to clarify it further. He said, I understood the questions. I'm thinking. <laughs> Finally, he commented, I may not have figured out what my purpose in this life was. I responded, there is no timeline to figure it out. It's important that you do before you leave this world, because I believe it is what you came here for. This is our journey. Keep finding your way. Until next week, have a loved, love-filled week, and love always, Denise.